Java. Hello, Banthas, and welcome back to another episode of Beltway Banthas, a Star Wars and politics podcast live from the hive of scum and villainy, Washington, D.C. Today's in addition to our interview series, we're going to be interviewing a local politician from North Carolina who I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from. We've had a jam-packed last 30 days. The month of July, uh, we definitely broke off from our usual bi-weekly uh, show schedule, and we have had, we've had one every week. Uh, combined with Star Wars celebration, the political conventions, and some of just the general rodeo going on in the news, there's been a lot to talk about and a lot we've wanted to dip into. So I hope you all have enjoyed four weeks of continuous content. We will be returning to our normal schedule this month of bi-weekly episodes touching on Star Wars and politics intersectionality. Um, so just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into this interview. Please tell us how we're doing. Uh, this show is driven by you, and Tierso and I follow your feedback really closely. You can give us that feedback by connecting with us on social media, at Beltway Banthas on Twitter is a particular favorite of mine. I'm pretty active there. And you can also reach me at Stephen underscore Kent 89. We have an open email inbox, uh, BeltwayBanthas at gmail.com, and we're on Facebook, of course. Uh, please do leave us a review. This means a lot to us. It helps the show get to more people on iTunes and really allows our audience and thus our investment in the show to grow. So please take the time to do that. Uh, Tierso and I read all those. It impacts the way that we write the shows, the way we perform the shows, and the ideas that we bring to every episode. Um, lastly, like I was saying, email us about guests and topics. Um, Tierso and I don't know every Star Wars Politico in the galaxy, and when you give us those leads um, and those ideas, that helps us reach out to certain people and bring you the scoop and bring you the stories on people's Star Wars fandom and the world of politics. Uh, to be transparent, I come from conservative politics, so my network on the other side is limited. Um, and so that's an area where you, the audience, can help if you know of people um, from across the political spectrum who might have an interest in this sort of thing or have a dormant or very outward-facing fandom. Um, let us know. You can email us, uh, beltwaybanthas at gmail.com again, just to plug that shamelessly. Um, that is where we can really kind of get this thing going, and we'd love to have you be a part of that. Um, what you're about to hear today is a conversation with a local politician, um, a state house representative from North Carolina, Jason Sane of Lincoln County. Uh, it's a uh, small town part of North Carolina, just north of Charlotte, if you're familiar with the big city down there. Um, Jason joined the legislature in 2011 by special appointment and then secured re-election. And this was a really fun conversation. Um, I won't spoil too much of it up front, um, but you know, I, I just I'd come to hear and know about Jason Sane's um, obsession and love of Star Wars through the media and through Facebook and just kind of the stuff that he puts out there uh, for people to see. Um, this was a really cool conversation. It shines a little bit of a light on what it's like to be a politician um, and live in that, I guess that echo chamber or that that bubble. Uh, that is so different from that of a private citizen. Um, we also get to see a little bit of how Star Wars impacts a political fan very directly. Um, this is a guy who is having constant interactions with media, uh, with other lawmakers, and is in the political machine. Um, and politics is linked to Star Wars in the mind of someone like Jason saying He gets his compass from Star Wars and his values from Star Wars. 
Um, and it's all part of the uh, patchwork of how he functions as a lawmaker. Um, Jason talks a little bit about Star Wars as a parent, as a citizen, and as a legislator. And he told me a little funny story, uh, which I had to cut out of the, the episode, but I'll just tell it real quick here, about how he interviews some of his staff uh, for jobs in his office. Uh, he, was, he was sharing a little anecdote about one of his staffers, uh, uh, Stephen, um, who he was hired um, after the last question of the interview was, can you make the case to me that the Empire is actually a force for good? And Stephen's ability to answer that question successfully uh, led to his hiring to be a staffer in Jason Sane's office. Um, so anyways, really fun guy, very nice, um, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. It's my distinct pleasure to be speaking with one of the most notable space cadets in the North Carolina legislature, Jason Sane. Representative Sane, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Can I call you? Can I call you Jason? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Bad if you didn't call me anything but. Awesome. Well, Jason represents the 97th uh, North Carolina House District. That includes Lincoln County, um, right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, Jason, your Star Wars fandom got on my radar mostly through Facebook. Um, if I recall correctly, I had seen a photo of a Darth Vader bobblehead on your, um, your desk on the house floor right next to Ron Burgundy. And then I was flipping through Facebook a little bit more and I pretty much saw you're the real deal. Tons of stuff. Um, you are quite a collector of items. Is that sort of one of your main things? Well, you're right. You've, you've, I'm guilty as charged. Uh, I, I keep, uh, my bobblehead that my son gave me of Darth Vader. Uh, it's always good to have a Sith Lord, evil Sith Lord on your desk while you make laws. And uh, and then right beside of him is uh, Ronald Aaron Joseph Burgundy. Uh, quite quite a bust there too. Uh, everyone else has you know, presidents and everyone else. I I decided Ronald Burgundy would, would be a, a fitting tribute. But uh, as you get into my office downstairs uh, at the legislature, there's uh, plenty of Star Wars uh, memorabilia, uh, including posters from uh, the first three movies. Uh, which would be, you know, uh, four, five, and six. Uh, people walk in, they know immediately that, that I'm a Star Wars fan, and I've got an eight-year-old son, Jackson, who, is, who has become quite the fan and is learning uh, a lot of the lore and uh, just, just a huge fan, and we, we, we both are, and uh, he gets it on us, but we, we, we love Star Wars. Down in your office, do you have, like, a, a favorite or most prized piece of memorabilia? Well, I keep a uh, just a bust of uh, well, a, not a bust, but a, a Darth Vader uh, uh, coin bank uh, that if you press the button, it, it plays the Imperial March, and uh, he says, "Impressive, most impressive." Uh, so you know, if I'm if I'm impressed with whoever's making the presentation in my office, they they might get a hit on the button. What is what is the what is the thing uh, Ronald Reagan used to do with the jelly beans? That's your your Star Wars spin of it. <laughs> it's kind of my stick, yeah. And he, you mentioned that. Uh, 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 not a uh, on my desk sits another Star Wars uh, plaque that I found at a Hallmark store that was going out of business. It said, uh, "It's uh, Ben Kenobi's quote about uh, most Eisley, uh, uh, you know, you'll never find a more right. high <laughs> yes. And uh, people sit at my desk and, and they're across from my desk and they they you know as the conversation goes, they kind of their eyes drift to it and they read it and they go, huh. 
kind of sums up the legislature. So yeah, well it does, you know. So. Well, that is what that is actually the the audio sample we picked for the intro music of our show. We've got a little club club remix of uh, Hive of Scum and Villainy because I mean honestly, when people look down at Washington D.C., that's what they're thinking. Um, for right or for wrong. But I guess my first question to kind of dive into it, and this is a little bit silly, but like, I mean, you strike me as just one of the more cool people in the legislature. Like, what does it feel like to be one of the more cool, down to earth people in the General Assembly? Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, you know, here's, here's the thing the job pays $14,000 a year. Uh, it's, a, it's a serious job. We do serious work, but you don't have to take yourself too seriously. Uh, so many people believe their own press releases, and uh, I try to keep it light. Um, and, and, you know, in perspective, there are many that came before me and there'll be many that come after me. Uh, while I'm there, I want to do serious work and we've done a lot of serious things and, and some good policy that we put forth over the time that I've been there and I've been there about five years, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I chair the finance committee and always my first time I went to a finance committee, I was just a Joe Schmo member who showed up. Uh, I was on the finance committee, and, and um, how did I get here? I, I, like, why am I on a tax committee? And uh, be very boring at eight thirty in the morning. So I, I likened it to an eight thirty math class. Uh, and I always thought, if I ever chair this committee, I'm going to make this fun. So I put the fun back in finance, and uh, we, we 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 keep it light. We uh, we we let the members speak, and we we have good discourse. At the same time, we. we Try to take it not too serious, mm-hmm. and at least keep it, and, and particularly for our, our folks in the audience, the media that has to sit there and cover it, uh, the, the, the concerned citizens who are in the audience and the lobbyists who all show up to our committees and go, at least we can keep this a little bit fast-paced, mm-hmm. have fun with it. My, uh, my co-chair, senior co-chair, uh, Bill Brawley, uh, he's gold leader, I'm red leader, we, we go back and forth, and so he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's adopted the, uh, the Star Wars mantra as, as we move forward with the committee. So, we do. We have fun with it. And I actually on May Fourth this year got a chance to uh, in our in our uh, uh, closing remarks at the end of the session. Uh, wish everyone uh, you know, May the Fourth be with you. I've been waiting on that for a couple of years because we hadn't we hadn't made it into session uh, till this year on May the Fourth. So it's pretty cool. I mean, you've really rocketed in my view, and I think the view of many through the House GOP ranks, um, and found yourself in a really great position. When and I think you've done that in a way. Like you said, not taking yourself too seriously, being down to earth, just being someone folks can relate to in politics. And I think particularly in constituent services, do you think that and I guess we can focus on your Star Wars fandom, something like your Star Wars fandom that sort of, I think, humanizes you in the eyes of many people, maybe who view you as, you know, kind of an aloof lawmaker, you know, because that's that's the view of many people in the grassroots. I mean, do you think that that's an asset to you in politics? I really do, um, and, and you know, just being yourself and, and anything that you do makes you a lot more approachable. Uh, I work with both sides, any side, whatever, however many sides they are, because you know, on any given day in a legislature, you never mm-hmm. know. Uh, they're, they're shifting alliances, but but nevertheless, uh, with how I relate to my colleagues, with how I relate to people, uh, I'm just, you know, you can see me at Walmart shopping in my flip-flops, um, you know, you can see me in a suit, which I have to wear for, for session, uh, but you, you get all kinds, and later today I'll be at a pool party that's just down the street because I, I have an eight-year-old, and you know when you have an eight-year-old and a, and a wife that wants to do cool things, who's my golf buddy, uh, we just try to do just try to be a normal you know couple, normal family, and do the things that normal people do, uh, and not try to pretend and, and, and take on airs as if we're somebody we're not. Um, I mean, it is humbling to serve, and it's and it's quite an honor. 
And I take that part very seriously. But in that, by being serious about the job, you can you can be a little lighthearted about it. You mm-hmm. can have fun with it. Uh, you know, just just being able to to reach people where they're at. I had a boss one time in politics who said, you know, look, uh, most men they feel like their wives don't listen to them, their boss don't listen to them, their kids don't listen to them, no one listens to them. Or most wives, most women, uh, they feel like their husband or boyfriend doesn't listen to them, uh, their kids don't listen to them, their boss doesn't listen to them. If you'll stop a minute and kind of listen to what people are saying to you and actually take it in and process it, you can connect with people in a, in a, in a very personal way. And I communicate that same way with our, you know, you, you see my Facebook post, mm-hmm. uh, you're just as likely to see uh, our Bass and Hound show up in a picture or me yeah. on the golf course or, or, or me at the park with my son or at a movie theater with my son uh, as you are to see anything else of me in a suit looking all you know official and, and <laughs> doing those speeches and, and all that stuff but uh, people relate to that and you know even people who maybe at one time were not sure about me in office or they might be you know extreme left and they consider me you know conservative maybe even far right in their viewpoint uh, they go, you know what? You're, you're actually easy to relate to and talk to. Uh, so I, I make a point of doing that. It's just, it makes my job a lot easier. Um, and it makes, you know, particularly dealing with media too. I mean, I, I'm just as easy, you know, just as likely to give you, a, you know, some quip off the hip. I try not to say something too stupid. Uh, but <laughs> Don't but we at least all? I'll be honest and give you something that, that's, you know, really from the heart versus uh, just a talking point. Have you ever had, um, I guess, folks from across the aisle, Democrats, whatever, reach out to you? using Star Wars, like trying to, trying to know, knowing that they can connect to you in that way. Has that ever been something they've tried? No, oh, all, all the time. Uh, you know, <laughs> again, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get, I'll get members, uh, particularly, uh, I can think of one, I won't embarrass him calling out my name, but, but, you know, he calls me an evil Sith Lord. He mm-hmm. says, yeah, I get, the, I, I get the, uh, uh, the Star Wars thing. You're just an evil Sith Lord representing the evil empire. Uh, because <laughs> we're in charge and yeah. that's funny. Uh, but, but we do, we connect them things like that and it's fun and like I say Chairman Brawley and I uh, we play off that he calls me on the phone we're talking about whatever's coming up in the committee what things we're going to uh, you know, consider next and it's always Red Leader what's happening so it's it, we've adopted it we wear it um, News Observer was uh, taking pictures of us last session kind of at the end of the session uh, mm-hmm. they took a picture of who now, who's now my seatmate uh, Jamie Bowles Representative Bowles and on the back of my laptop I had the Imperial uh, insignia and it's there on the back of my laptop and, I, and my signature diet sundrop which I carry around the legislature with me too and um, uh, they actually posted that picture of the imperial symbol uh, and me sitting at my uh, at the desk in the uh, in the rules committee uh-huh. uh, and then of course I got a lot of fan mail I remember uh, that I remember that yeah fan mail if I, someone said well see we knew you know you were part of an evil plot and an, an evil Sith Lord and uh, you know there are dark times and everything else you know and put that as an editorial in the newspaper oh, i got a kick out of it I, yeah i said yeah, i know and said hey really appreciate you know the criticism but i just want you to know i don't know if it had the exact effect you wanted it to have because i thought it was pretty funny but it was you know it's again you just kind of got to laugh at yourself but that's who i am i mean i'm i'm a geek i, I own it um i'm also the it chairman uh so it kind of lends itself to cool you know nerdy things that we do in terms of, of it and uh what the state spends on it and as we look at you know issues like education uh, and where we're going with IT, and you know you get folks interested. It's interesting. My, my son had a robotics camp this week at his school, and so as you walked into the classroom, 
uh, the teacher had a cutout of R2-D2 and, and C-3PO, welcome them in. Uh, but again, connecting with kids on something that makes, you know, that's interesting to them, and, and they were doing some pretty neat, uh, you know, processes, some pretty neat concepts in terms of robotics, but using Star Wars as a way to get them interested. And, you know, of course, you had him at hello as he walked into that door, and, uh, you know, he sees C-3PO standing there. No better way. And I guess backing up, how did you, and this this can be kind of brief, but how did you per- decide to pursue politics? Your background's in IT and technology. What made you want to take that step to uh, run for office? Well, I've always been interested in politics. I, I was a political science major in school. and went to NC State and transferred to UNC Charlotte. I uh, was involved, ironically, in North Carolina Student Legislature, which I was our, our chairperson for UNC Charlotte. It's also where I met our rules chairman, also the speaker. I met them in North Carolina Student Legislature, and I met my wife there. Uh, we, she's, she's involved and engaged in politics, too. So politics has always been a part of what we have done and always been interested in it. Uh, worked for candidates. My mother was a county commissioner. Uh, right as I got out of college, I went to work for Mayor Benrude of Charlotte. I was his driver, drove him all across the state. Uh, he was running for governor. I then worked for uh, Robin Hayes, who beat him in that race. Uh, so I worked for his opponent after that uh, and doing grass, grassroots field work. And then work for a group called Citizens for a Sound Economy. So I've been doing that really all of my life while pursuing a professional career. And was party chairman when our representative uh, resigned his seat because he had moved out of the district uh, with his family because uh, professional reasons and, and, and family reasons he had moved out. So we were trying to find someone to take his spot. And my committee came to me and they said, you should be the guy. We want to send you to Raleigh. Uh, ironically, I was unemployed at the time, so didn't have anything better to do. And when my wife said, I want you to do this thing. I think it's just made for you. Uh, that's all I really needed and, and had the votes and got to go to Raleigh and, and start this thing and never knew how long I would do it. That's the other reason why I don't take myself too seriously. Uh, I didn't initially run for office. It just kind of fell in my lap. Uh, opportunity was knocking and, and I answered the door, but I, I didn't make a lot of promises when, you know, to try to get in the office. I simply just had to, uh, the support of my committee who said, we want, we want you to go. And it's, I think that transition has made it a little easier for me. And I had a, a full short session in the North Carolina legislature to kind of get my feet and, you know, kind of get some footing and, and build relationships with many people in our caucus. And I think that's helped lend itself to, to my, I guess, a quick rise in, in our ranks, uh, just kind of sitting back and I alluded to listening earlier, uh, just kind of finding out what's making other people tick, what, what other members want to accomplish. And if I can find ways to help them accomplish that, uh, then it makes me successful, and then uh, you know it's kind of the, the the you know play it forward, and and they they've been you know reciprocal in that that hey you know we think this guy's a uh, you know an honest you know broker in in, in what we're doing, and and uh, he really wants to help people, and they've helped me you know kind of move on up, which kind of been neat, but not a plan uh, certainly. It just it just kind of fell in my lap. I I took the party chairmanship because I was looking for ways to network and and find my next you know professional career, and yeah. it. This just happened to be it. You know, I, I, I love I love that story because I think Star Wars is, in a lot of ways, a great analogy for the call to be civic, be involved. Um, I mean, it's almost it's it's almost like word for word, very clear in A New Hope. Um, you know, when everything falls apart for Luke, um, or he's called to get involved, and he says, "You know, I don't have time. I have other things going on. I can't do I can't do this. I can't answer the call." But for a lot of people, I think politics and serving the community and taking that step, sacrificing a lot of their personal privacy, their time um, with their family and their loved ones, I mean, that is the ultimate high calling. And I 
I've framed Star Wars in that way for a lot of people. Um, for you, where did Star Wars begin? Is that something late life, early life, childhood? Childhood. My, my father took me to the, the local theater here in Lincolnton uh, to see uh, the original New Hope. And I had the same theater this year. I took my son uh, to see Seven. Uh, <coughs> oh, and that's great. Pretty, I mean, that was just kind of as a dad. That was, that was yeah. pretty neat. But, you know, I, I blame my dad to, to some degree. I mean, you know, I was, a, I was a kid going, hey, I want to see Star Wars, Dad. I want to see Star Wars. And uh, my dad's a good dad. So just like I try to be a good dad, I, he took me to the theater and uh, saw it once. Then we went again and saw it again. And, and like with my son, I think we saw it four times in the theater or maybe five uh, before it ever came out. Normal. We bought it on Amazon, of course. So you saw Star Wars with your dad. Um, you became a fan right away. Was that something that you continued to always carry with you? Was it always an obsession? Because I know I went through like a dark period where I kind of like moved on from it and then I came roaring back. Is Have you kind of gone in an ebb and flow in your life or has it been a constant? No, I've, I've, I've always had it. You know, I, always, I want to joke that uh, in politics, I wish I could walk into the room and have the Imperial March play behind me. I just think that would be all pretty awesome. Someone could arrange that for you. It would be, be a great walk-up song for me. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but, but I just, I, I love the music. Um, I also play an instrument. I play trumpet. Uh, so I, I've always loved the, the musical scores, uh, the, the filmography of it. Uh, Catherine and I met in a class, and, or we didn't meet in the class, but we really got kind of to know each other. She sat in front of me in a class called Politics and Film. And we had a professor, uh, Dr. Steer, Dr. Mark Steer, who was as left as I might be right, but who's a dear friend to this day, uh, and had some neat perspectives on all movies in politics and film. But we discussed Star Wars at length, which is kind of neat. So even at, even at that course in, in my life in, in college, uh, you know, Star Wars, again, playing a role. But just, you know, as, as a kid growing up uh, with Empire and Return of the Jedi, just things that you, you know, we, we, we had sticks that we had. Uh, we didn't have the fancy plastic lightsabers that make the noise and light up uh, when we were kids. We just took broom handles and sawed them off and, and took duct tape and, and, and made our lightsabers uh, out of those, we'd mm-hmm. sit out in the yard for hours and just, you know, literally beat up on each other a little bit. But but having fun, having our, our lightsaber duels, and then getting into, you know, the, 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 the what I like exploring with my son now even is kind of the, 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 the real science of Star Wars and the, the diagrams and the schematics of the ships and uh, just all of the science. So there's, there's so many things within Star Wars, within the Star Wars universe, that you can explore, and then this the, the great story. I mean, it's uh, it's you know, when we were talking about politics and film, you look at New Hope, and you know, Luke is a is somewhat a savior figure, but but not because he wants to be. It kind of you know, it follows mm-hmm. him. Uh, he can't escape his destiny. Uh, he's there to bring balance to the force. Uh, as you look at the first three movies, or I should say, four, five, and six, uh, and how that character develops, uh, and and. You know, you don't always win. I mean, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to take your lumps. But there's so many life lessons in Star Wars, and I think why it's a great movie and one that, that's timeless. I mean, we're we're looking at you know something that was cut in 1976, 77, uh, and my son's a huge fan of New Hope. I mean, the, the new <coughs> film, J.J. Abrams has done a great job, uh, but even the old films. Uh, you know, Lucas just told us a story and has created such a storyline that really just pulls us in and keeps us there. And you relate it to your, your own personal life. It's fun. It's kind of fun to do the you know the, the, the bit of fantasy too, where you know you're we're in your mind, you're imagining, you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're 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 
the Death Star and uh, when you can take on the big guys and it's a you know a David and Goliath scenario. Yeah. Um, you know, the little guys taking them out. It's a it's a rebellion. Uh, I like being a little bit rebellious as you. Well, and for you guys, as you know, the the up and coming leader or the now leaders uh, in North Carolina, the GOP. I mean, you guys really overthrew a long term, a long term, hundred year long reign of Democrats in North Carolina. I mean, right. in your mind, do you think like Star Wars in those ways? Because now you're the evil empire, but before you were the insurgent rebellion. Yeah, no, I do. I, it's, it's why I, I put the insignia on my on my laptop of the Imperial symbol. I like both sides, and my favorite character is Darth Vader. My son always asks me, "He's like, why do you like Darth Vader? He's evil." Yeah, not exactly. Well, there's good in him. Remember the sure. good in him. Yeah, it's and, a, it's a tough question for kids. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and he asks that question a lot. He's he's behind me going, "Oh yeah, right, right." Yeah. But 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 you do. I mean, it, because you do become the government, and then I always. I always joke about that. We've got uh, one of the uh, legislative assistants for, for one of my friends who's a Democrat, and, and the, the LA's young kid who's a huge Star Wars fan has the Lego Death Star in his office, which is pretty neat. Um, but, you know, I always talk about, I always, uh, you know, joke. It's, you know, it's poor government workers that were on there building that Death Star, um, Death Star 2. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to get work a job. They're popping rivets, you know, <laughs> just building this, this massive space station. And then you know, all of a sudden, a band of rebels come and blow it up. You know, you're just there. You punched in, just trying to do a job. And, but, but I mean, you know, you think about real life and what happens. I mean, it, it, you know, one one man's you know, uh, you know, rebel or or, or, or or terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Uh, and you can relate that to events today. I mean, absolutely. So, um, you know, there, there there are so many things to think about, and 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 maybe that's it too. Is that the films? And, and the stories uh, really do cause you to relate to real life. Even though we're talking about a galaxy, you know, a long time ago, uh, you, you know, something that should be either past or futuristic, however you want to look at it, yeah. but, but that's relatable to today. I, I think it's just a wonderful storyline. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's, that is why it has lasted so long. It's been so resonant. Um, you had mentioned your favorite character is Darth Vader. And the reason behind that is because there's more to him. There's an entire other layer and a backstory. Um, that really is like the perfect political metaphor, like you were saying. Um, you know, Anakin is your idealist, and he eventually becomes the government. He becomes the leader and the person who basically has no angles to him. Do you feel like we don't we don't look at politicians fairly enough and that we just sort of look at them as machines and not as people. No, I absolutely do. I, I look at some of the blogs and some of the things that have criticized me and I'm, I'm fine to criticize me. I don't you know, go, go to bed crying at night. The um, Daily Haymaker I, doesn't, doesn't make you lose sleep. You know, <laughs> it, it's kind of a funny representation because anybody that knows me mm-hmm. reads it and they go, yeah, that's way off. That's not who you are. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some poor souls out there that read that junk and believe it. Uh, and, and, you know, I might weep for them a little bit, but, you know, there's fools born every minute. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, most people don't understand it. And I'm talking both sides. This is something I try to take. Anytime I speak, and if I speak to a Republican group or a nonpartisan group, I say, you know what? Most of the people that are there, that, that run for office, there are some people just strictly power hungry and they <clears> want to be somebody, and that's how they get there. But, large majority of people in politics they, they got involved in, in their you know, local city council or they got involved in their parks and recreation or their fire department or, or whatever and they said okay well I feel a calling to do more mm-hmm. for my fellow man and they and they you know kind of stumble into this thing the way the way I have I mean 
you don't, you don't expect to be here. And you go, but and there are people who, who really want to do good. Um, their, their intent is not to do bad. Um, and so that, that representation of when someone disagrees with you, uh, that they're, you know. You, know, you are my enemy. Yeah, they're my enemy because they, they have a different viewpoint. Um, I think that's, that's, I mean, that's just, it's not who we are as people. You know, you, particularly as we're on social media, on Facebook, I love reading some of the comments and the posts uh, from people. And I'm talking about some of my constituents who will, who will write mean, nasty things. And I remember one guy who said it was fat. And I've lost 45 pounds, so I was fat. But, you know, I knew that. You know, yeah, I didn't need you to tell me. But, but I mean, like, that's a, that's a pretty cruel thing to say to somebody. And you'd say it on Facebook, you'd post it up on a blog. You know, I've been in the room with a guy, doesn't say a word, not a peep. A little you know, shy all of a sudden. Yeah, he, heroes behind keyboards. Uh, so when, you know, you ask me about the haymaker, I mean, same thing. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's, 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 they try to brutalize uh, people in public office. It's not fair. Um, now, sometimes we do it to ourselves and say stupid things. Uh, and, you know, when we do, we should probably be criticized for that, too. But they're, they're real people. They're real families that, that are behind those people. They have, you know, we had a basset hound. We, have, we had two. We had one pass away on Monday. Uh, yeah, it's a bad day for us. It's a, it's a you know, part of our family. Um, that's reality. Um, you know, you know I, I have to get up in the mornings and take my son to school, or my wife does, and, uh, you know, and we have to worry about getting him to karate or to scouts and uh, all the things yeah. that everybody else does. And people, people miss that. And I think that's uh, that's one of the tragedies of of, of, of a media dominated world where we see it all in you know minute and thirty second sound bites that really don't let you know who somebody truly is and people maximize on that and, and they they end up in, in fantasy land talk about augmented reality in Pokemon I mean politics is really an augmented reality in many respects because people do they say things that they would never say to your face and they'll criticize you. And say things that are absolutely untrue, and they know when they say it or post it that it's it's incredibly untrue, and yet they do it anyway. Um, that's that's a sad part, and, and what it ultimately I think will mean uh, if enough of that happens, uh, good people will, will quit serving, and, and then what have you accomplished? Uh, so that's I mean you know for because you certainly don't do it for the pay, um, you don't do it because it's uh, such works so well in your schedule. Uh, you know I, I miss a lot of things for. Uh, at, my, at my son's school because I've got to be in Raleigh and I do try to come back and be as, as much as I can and I try to maximize my time at home but you know we make a huge sacrifice and not that I'm, I'm waiting for someone to cry for me because of that uh, but because again like I said there were many before me there'll be many after me uh, but it's a sacrifice while I'm doing it and I think people that's lost on a lot of people absolutely um, kind of backing up to the, to the idea you laid out of a lot of people with politics, it's kind of all or nothing. It's like, you're either with me, you're my enemy. There's two moments in the Star Wars prequels that really, I think, highlight what Star Wars is painting in the prequels, which is Padme and Anakin in the field in episode two talking about their ideals of politics. Basically, Padme saying, I mean, it is a game of people talking, compromising, and finding agreement, and they don't always agree. Anakin laying out that, well, then they should be made to. And then going on to Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode three, if you're not with me, you're my enemy. And then Obi-Wan says, only a Sith deals in absolutes. So really what you have this boiled down to is a Star Wars message about compromise and consensus building versus absolutism. Um, The Padme view of government versus the Anakin view of government. 
You obviously have people of both persuasions around you all the time. How do you interact with that natural tension between all or nothing or finding the middle ground, whether it be your colleagues or your constituents? Yeah, humor. Uh, it's the best way to get through it. Uh, and, and laughing at yourself and, and you know, and, and it, because I, I, I like the art of compromise, finding a deal, finding something where, where folks can mutually benefit from it, no one's heard from it, uh, and we move the ball forward. Now, I have my conservative leanings, so certainly I want it to go that way. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you can, you can be very helpful uh, and give somebody exactly what they want and, hey, you just happen to also agree with them. Uh, but, but if you don't have that dialogue and that conversation, if you're unapproachable to start mm-hmm. with, you'll never find those, those pressure points. I've, you know, I, I'm one of my best friends in the legislature, and I'll name a name, uh, and, and God, you know, his district, he's still liberal and you can still vote for him, uh, is Representative Ed Haynes out of, out of, out of uh, Winston-Salem. Uh, we're, we're same age, uh, same interest. Uh, we both love sports. Uh, he's not as big a Star Wars fan as I am, but but I mean, you know, there there are places where we connect just as people, and that's lost a lot of times because of the fences that are put up. Well, you're conservative, so I can't talk to you because you're because I'm a liberal or vice versa. Um, that I think uh, it, it can be a tragedy. But I'm also encouraged by people who haven't forgot that that's how this country was made. Look, and there were bitter political fights from the word go in in, in the United States. We know that. Um, you know, Jefferson and Madison and, 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 and uh, uh, many of the duels that have, have gone on in politics uh, through the years. Uh, that's part of our history. But 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 also part of our history is people that, that really like to work together and find solutions and, and fix problems. Because I still believe that we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. Uh, our ideals are the best uh, because we come to our ideals and we, we, have, we have shaped our ideals based on uh, the, the art of compromise. Dealing in absolutes, though. Um, you know whether you've got constituents that do that. I mean, at some point in time, you got to cut, cut bait. Uh, knowing that that you can compromise and that you can talk, uh, I think can get us to a better place. And I think ultimately, you know, in legislatures and state legislatures across the country, and even in our national legislature, um, in Congress, uh, there's still a lot of talk that goes on, and we we, we let the media shape this idea. Um, again, as a as a less government conservative, people say, well, Congress doesn't do a whole lot. I don't know. That's not so bad if you're a less government conservative, right? Uh, you know, we're, 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 we can't find a deal. And sometimes there's a stalemate. Sometimes you, you don't agree, and that's okay, too. Yeah, I think I've harped on that a couple times on this show that um, we get frustrated often as, as citizens with the idea of stalemate, gridlock, nothing's getting done. And whether you're a small government conservative or just somebody who has read the Constitution and gets a picture of how this country is supposed to work— Sometimes grinding to a complete halt is the way that it's supposed to work. Because if there's not a deal to be made or something good, then maybe it shouldn't happen. Um, you know, and that's just the way that we do things. Um, the process of American government is slow, and that might be for the best sometimes. I think so. I mean, I, I really do. I, the, the, really, as we've seen legislation where we've, you know, even as a legislator, I don't try to do it, but there, there are people that will file a bill quickly because they want to react to something, and then as you dig deeper into that bill and you, you know, the nuts and bolts of it, or realize what the consequences may be, should it pass that way, um, you know, uh, <laughs> wouldn't be a good outcome. Uh, but at the same time, you know, legislators, um, 
we're, we're human beings. So you create something, you've had this idea, it's your your baby, right? And yeah. you don't want anybody messing with it. Um, and that's hard for legislators a lot of times because we go through the committee process. You know, a bill can change a thousand different ways uh, before it's what we call ready for prime time. Um, there are some legislators that do very well with that. They go, hey, this is a starting point, and we're going to see what the, the end result is. And there are some that don't want you to ever, ever touch their bill and get upset about it and, and kind of you know put on the blinders and the, the earmuffs and they don't want to hear it. Um, but but the reality is that is exactly the way it's supposed to work. It's supposed to take a while. It's not supposed to be instant gratification. It's, uh, you know, in, in an age where that's what we know in terms of digital media, um, you know, I'm sorry, sometimes a lot of what I do is pretty pretty darn boring, and it should be. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand, especially when they're just looking at the news coverage that they want to see. Their favorite lawmaker puts forth a bill. He won't have any compromise on it. He won't let you, for example, touch it, offer an amendment, changes to make it better. He might not have ever wanted it to pass because he could probably just bludgeon people with the Republicans tanking a bill rather than actually compromising getting something like half done uh, right. sometimes politics just wins and the media helps them do that um, but we I've taken up a lot of your time today so I want to make sure you get out of here in, in good time got a lightning round of Star Wars questions favorite this favorite that um, favorite film I kind of want to go with like what is your favorite of the original trilogy and your favorite of everything after okay um, favorite favorite is Empire Strikes Back All right. Um, as much as I like New Hope um, I, I love Empire Strikes Back because it, the, the the conflict that goes on the the you know and it's it's the tailspin and the turn in the story uh, where it could you know could easily be you know hey well rebels we take them out but it, it extends the story and you you get to you see character development of of, of Vader um, and, and just and, and again the musical score everything everything in Empire I, I, I love so that's my favorite of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on 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 the on the next three, uh, which is really the first three. Sure. Um, gosh, I don't. You know, I don't know that I've, I've, I've picked a favorite. Certainly not the first one. Um, and yeah. It comes down to Clone Wars. Or, yeah, it comes down to Clone Wars, or um, uh, you know, I, I, I'd probably say Clone Wars again, which is kind of interesting. The Clone Wars, the Clone Wars TV know, series. Because you know, we're, it's really the bridges between the two movies. Uh, yeah. The book ends there. Um, but again, it's character development. Uh, it's as you see what's about to happen. Uh, you, you see the the, the, the um, you know the, the Senate you know kind of uh, being overrun in, in, in Clone Wars of, of the, the politics of it all uh, as, as that develops and as as, as Padme you, know, you, you alluded to it early in the conversation. Uh, Padme and Anakin are having the conversation about what's to come, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are kind of two great setups. Uh, so, Maybe that's why I like them them both, but uh, the middle movie seemed to be the, the setups for what's coming. Sure. Um, and and then and then the, the next ones are the gratification and the kind of you know where, where you end up. But but I really like those two. I like, and again, I I love um, I, I, I love the the Haas scenes, the the uh, the love story really as it develops between Leia and Han. You know, um, that, that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, you know, because you, you see him quibbling and and. But it's you know it's really more of just uh, they're, they're starting to date in, in a way. Uh, so I mean there's 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 still you know people miss that there's a love story involved there too, uh, multiple ones, but particularly that one. Um, uh, and as you see Han and Leia, because uh, Han Solo is one of my favorite characters too. 
I, I love the smuggler. I love the I love the kind of rebel attitude that he has. I mean, he's he's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my son even does the he, he tries to mimic Han as as he walks into a room. Yep. And he's <laughs> he's got it down. To, like I saw him do it in the kitchen one day, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Han Solo, Dad." I was like, "Okay." Good like good, luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, so so there are so many. I mean, I, I think if you know if I'm picking favorites. Uh, Empire was always my favorite, and mm-hmm. it always has been. Uh, but I, you know, Clone Wars probably so. I, and I hadn't really thought about that. But um, you know, you see Dooku and, and some other. But, but really, as a, as the bridge between the, the stories, um, it's pr- pretty awesome. I think so. Absolutely. So, favorite character is Darth Vader. Well, who's your favorite hero? Uh, you know, so as as a new entry, uh, I'm 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 loving Ray. Mm. Um, interesting i mean we don't know a lot about her uh so she's a little bit mystical watching her you know kind of start into understanding starting her understanding of the force she's a mystery yeah uh, so at the end of it we, we still don't know who she really is we've got a thousand theories you know she's luke's son is she uh you know the, the twin you know if you read the other stories is she the twin uh to Kylo? we i mean there's so many possibilities that we were not sure as you see the flashback when she touches the lightsaber yeah. or not the flashback but the vision she has yeah. um, I mean there's, there's so many questions in there you try to listen to the voices you're hearing Yoda you hear Kenobi you're I mean it's it's all of that I, and she's and, and quite frankly again going back to the musical store, score um, I, I think the music starts to make her character uh, Ray's yeah. theme is, is pretty neat and beautiful I, I, just, I like it from a musical standpoint uh, so yeah, that's that's she's she right now. You know, could change when the, when the new movie comes out, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. But 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 I really do like Ray. What would your lightsaber color be? Red. I mean, it, it, we just have to. Be red. <laughs> <laughs> just have to go for it. No, um, I, have to, I have to wear a black cape too. But if I start wearing a black cape on the floor of the house, you'll know I've totally turned to the dark side. I will. Uh, I'll look out for that. Do you have a favorite piece of uh, extended universe, old canon, or a video game? Uh, well, we're, we're we're hooked on Battlefront right now. All right. Um, you playing so on PC I, I, or Xbox? Uh, we're we're Xbox One. Okay. And uh, uh, so I got a chance because I'm IT chairman. I was doing some uh, an IT conference in San Francisco uh, near Christmas time. Got to go to EA Games and tour EA Games. Uh, I had a friend that said, "Hey." I, I know somebody out there. If you just want to stop in, we'll we'll get you a tour. Yeah, and it's all, all the data analytics and, and development of Battlefront and how they got to there. It's awesome. So, uh, yeah, Battlefront right now. Though my son's playing the new Legos game and he's loving that. One. But uh, I saw your picture that you took with the giant statue of Darth Malgus. That yes. was that was cool. That was very cool. That yeah, was that, very that, cool. That was, that was awesome. Well, I mean, uh, you know, they, they they take a legislator in there and it's supposed to be you know a serious tour. <laughs> I'm like a big kid, so... And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> well, my last question for you, Jason, with Star Wars, what is your favorite moment in the saga? What moment really gets you? Mm, wow. Gosh, tough one. It um, is a tough one. What moment gets me? Um, you know, I, I guess, I guess, back to Empire, uh, when, when, you know, Luke starts to realize and know uh, that, that Darth Vader actually is his father. I mean, he, he's, he's, you know, he kind of knew, 
uh, that's revealed to him. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, game changer, right? I mean, here, here's the guy that, you know, he, you've heard of the rebellion and he wants to go fight the evil empire. Uh, and that changes everything. I mean, that, that, that really changes uh, who Luke is. Uh, and I also just lost a hand. But uh, so that, that kind of changes him a bit. But, 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 but internally, uh, the internal struggle that he has to now wrestle with, you know, the guy that he thought was just absolutely evil, uh, and he, who he thought killed his father, mm. actually is his father, uh, and and the bit of betrayal that he, he felt that uh, you know, that Ben and or that Obi Wan and, and uh, Yoda had you know put put forward to him by not really telling him who his who his father was, uh, his aunt and uncle had had pushed that forward too. I mean, everybody in his life at that point uh, who meant anything to him had lied to him. Uh, so now the truth's revealed to him. And that's to me from a uh, you know, cinematic uh, part of the movie. I mean, that's a that's a strike. If you if you take all that in when that happens, yeah, uh, that's a that's a pretty huge moment in, in any film in any story. Uh, and that's that you know you just had the big lightsaber battle, which was cool because you've been you, the anticipation was there. You know, uh, Han's been frozen. You know, th- things are happening all around, and then. Just when you're at your lowest, you know, you know sucker punch into the gut. Yep. Uh, oh, guess what? Everybody's lied to you. This actually is your father. I think that's probably my favorite movie in terms of what it means. Uh, you know, the, the, the feeling you get because you, you just kind of feel it sinking in your own stomach uh, when that's revealed to you. I I have never heard that answer before, and I think that that's probably one of the more powerful ones I've heard. Because um, you are right, the, the moment when everything falls apart. And it's kind of what you do next. Everything that you've learned is a lie. Um, and he just looks out and he just goes, you know, Ben, why didn't you tell me? Um, that part that part is awesome. Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time today. We've really enjoyed having you on the show. Stephen, thank you. Take care. Take care.